We're back in the book of Acts, as you know. Victory no matter what, through our faith in Jesus Christ and the power of the... Thank you, Marty. Thank you. Live, Marty. Thank you. So, <clears throat> the power of the Holy Spirit. How did you do dealing with your emotional support alligators this week? Any, did you kill any alligators? Right? Remember we talked about that last week. My dad reminded me. I can't believe I didn't remember this to, to share this. But my dad reminded me. My grandfather. Had, oh, but, oh, by the way, I'm wearing red because Valentine's Day. If I get too hot, I'll take it off. It's pretty warm in here. But I at least wanted to start it off with that. Uh, happy Valentine's Day. But my, anyway, my grandpa had an alligator. He had an alligator. Uh, somebody sent it to him in the mail. I remember we were all excited. He got this alligator, and he had a, uh, a plastics factory. We called it in Lockport, New York, right on the canal, and we called it the shop. And at the shop, he had this he got this big aquarium and kept his little alligator in that aquarium. But it started to grow and grow, and we used to always go to see it, and he'd feed it and tease it. And one time he was teasing it, and it bit him. It bit him hard. And so he had to go to the doctor. I think he got stitches and all this stuff. And he said, well, that's my grandma. That's enough. <laughs> so she, it bit him. It got bigger. It wasn't, it wasn't as friendly anymore. And so he actually donated it to the Niagara Falls Aquarium, where I grew up near Niagara Falls. And they were real excited because it wasn't an alligator at all. It was a caiman, a caiman, an exotic caiman. They didn't have one. They were all excited to get it. And so every year we would, uh, now whenever we went, every couple of years we'd go to the aquarium and look for my grandpa's alligator, which was really a caiman. It got big. Last time we went, it was like huge there, you know, really, really big. We kept telling everybody, that's my grandpa's, that's my grandpa's alligator, you know. So we were all excited. Uh, but it was time to go. It was time to go. And I hope you've had enough of your emotional support alligators remember wally the emotional support hope you've had enough do what you have to do to get rid of besetting sins all right so today we're going to move on into acts 27 verses 1 to 12 where paul sails for rome he's sailing for rome and the title is are you sailing on the titanic are you sailing on the titanic you'll see why in a little bit now here we're on acts 27 paul is sailing for rome he's heading to his super bowl this is his Super Bowl, just like the Eagles are in the Super Bowl today. Uh, we'll see how that goes. I know a lot of Eagle fans here. But the, the, Paul is also in the Super Bowl playing against the Eagles, the Roman Eagle, right? The, the, the Romans had an Eagle as the standard for each legion. They had an Eagle, right? And so he's taking on the Roman Eagle here. And he wins this Super Bowl. He gets the ultimate victory because the gospel, his whole call from God was to go to Rome and to preach the gospel to, to the, the Gentiles and their kings. He already did the people of Israel. And he, it was a huge victory for the apostle Paul. The gospel sweeps Rome and sweeps the Roman Empire over the next 300 years. Unbelievable. By that time, Christianity was the largest percent of the world population ever. Never has reached that point of 300 years after Jesus. It was the large, Christianity was the largest percentage of the world's population at that time. Amazing. It turned the world upside down. And that's why Satan went to plan B. If you can't beat them, join them, which we've talked about a lot. So we won't go back there today. But so, so even though Paul, Paul wins the Super Bowl, even though he is ultimately beheaded in Rome, he's ultimately beheaded, he really wins. But first, he has to get there. First, he wins that Super Bowl. First, he has to get there. And it won't be easy, as we're going to see here in Acts 27 and 28. Today, we're going to see that Paul sails for Rome. 
Are you sailing on the Titanic? There's lots of lessons for us today. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the worship. Thank you for each person that could help lead this worship here. And Father, we pray for each person that's watching or listening to this, whenever it is, that your Holy Spirit would speak to us through your word and through your spirit, and we would take a, a step of faith forward, Lord, a step of faith forward. And if them, someone who's listening, watching, has never put their faith in Jesus Christ, that today would be that day that they put their faith in Jesus. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so here we go. We're in Acts 27, <clears throat> starting with verse 1. And I'll, I guess I'll use the screen here. When it was decided that we would sail for Italy, Paul and some of the other prisoners were handed over to a centurion named Julius who belonged to the Imperial Regiment. We boarded a ship from the... <laughs> I, I practice these words. All right, here we go. The Adramitium about to sail for ports along the coast of the province of Asia, and we put out to sea. Aristarchus, a Macedonian from Thessalonian, was with us. The next day we landed at Sidon, and Julius, in kindness to Paul, allowed him to go to his friends so that he might provide for his needs. From there we put out to the sea again and passed on to the Lee of Cyprus because the winds were against us. When we had sailed across the open sea off the coast of Cilicia and Pamphylia, we landed at Myra and Lycia. There the centurion found an Alexandrian ship sailing for Italy and put us on board. We made slow headway for many days and had difficulty arriving off Cnidus. When the wind did not allow us to hold our course, we sailed to the Lee of Crete, opposite Salmoni. We moved along the coast with difficulty and came to a place called Fair Havens near the town of Lycia. Much time had been lost and sailing had already become dangerous because by now it was after the Day of Atonement. So Paul warned them, Men, I can see that our voyage is going to be disastrous and bring great loss to ship and cargo and to our own lives also. But the centurion, instead of listening to what Paul said, followed the advice of the pilot and of the owner of the ship. Since the harbor was unsuitable to winter in, the majority decided that we should sail on, hoping to reach Phoenix and winter there. This was a harbor in Crete facing both southwest and northwest. Just like the song we sang today. <laughs> the east and the west, right? So, uh, so here we go. Paul sails for Rome. And there's, there's five S's in these next couple chapters here. Uh, this is the first S, Paul sails. Remember, Paul sails for Rome. Then we're going to see the storm, the shipwreck, the stranded, and the safe. I came up with five S's as we go through here, okay? So Paul sails for Rome. And we see that crazy Paul warns the experts, right? Crazy Paul warns the experts, but the majority rules. And we see the Holy Spirit had warned Paul to warn the centurion and the captain that end the cruise right now. Let's look at verses 9 and 10 here. He says, let's end this cruise right now. The Holy Spirit warned him. Much time had been lost since sailing, and now it already become dangerous because by now it was after the Day of Atonement. So Paul warned them. Men, I can see that our voyage is going to be disastrous and bring great loss to ship and cargo and to our own lives also, so Paul warns them, okay, that, you know, God is, you know, 
letting him know, the Holy Spirit's letting him know. So he warns them. But in verse 11, look what happens here in verse 11, even though Paul warned them. In verse 11, but the centurion, instead of listening to what Paul said, followed the advice of the pilot and of the owner of the ship. <laughs> so the centurion listens to the pilot and the owner because they were the experts, right? Experts. What? But what is the owner's priority here? He wants to make money, right? That's what he, 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 his goal is profits, not, you know, making a profit, not listening to God's warning. Remember that? He's worried about profit, not listening to God's warning. What is the captain's priority? Same thing. He wants to make money too. He wants to get his paycheck from the owner and he wants a cut because the captain, if he made it safely, they would get a cut of the profits. They're, he's not interested in God's warning. These experts were just focused on the money and making money. They weren't interested in, in what God had to say, not in God's warning. So in verse 12, we see the outcome of this where it says, since the harbor was unsuitable to winter in, the majority decided that we should sail on, hoping to reach Phoenix and winter there. This was a harbor in Crete facing both southwest and northwest. So we see that Paul is outvoted because it says the majority. The majority rules. Isn't this exactly what we are seeing in the United States today? Faithful pastors are, pre there's faithful pastors that are preaching the word of warning. We see Christians, many of you witnessing, uh, witnessing to your fa family and friends, your family, uh, you're witnessing and you're, 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 you're warning people. But the majority of people in the United States, the majority of Americans refuse to listen. The majority rules. And it looks where it's taken us. We're going to see where it takes the ship next week. But we know where it's taking us, the same places where the ship is going next week. Look who the majority voted to lead our country and elected as president. You know, a, a man who is completely against God's word, even though he claims to be, you know, a you know, Christian. We know, but, you know, Jesus said, thus by their fruit you will recognize them. Uh, sheep, uh, wolves in sheep's clothing, thus by your fruit you will recognize them, Matthew 7. And it's the fruit. Everything he does is against God's word. Hostile. But the majority don't care what God says. They only care about profit. They only care about making a profit. They don't care what the prophets say. They just want to make a profit, right? That's what they want to do. Even most Christians, people who claim to be Christians, don't care what God's word says. The majority of Christians don't have a biblical worldview. Only 6% of everyone in the United States has a biblical worldview. Actually believes the Bible and follows the Bible. 6%. That's, <laughs> that's not very good, right? Even though many claim to be Christian, it's obvious they're not because they are, they are not, they are not following God's word. <clears throat> the vast majority of popular ministries on TV those who are not watching us, I hope you uh, aren't watching the ones on TV. Right? Because the, va the vast majority are apostate. There's a few faithful ones, a few, but the vast majority are apostate. But God is going to judge these churches. He's going to judge these woke churches. And they say, but we're big. We have lots of money. We're popular. You know, <laughs> uh -huh. uh, until the crash comes. 
Just like we just saw what happened to Hillsong. That's just a warning to many, many different ministries. So many others are going to crash. God is warning the United States that the crash is coming. We're sailing along, listening to the experts, listening to the majority, but the crash is coming. It's coming. God, in, 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 it, 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 God is warning us. You, we can't kill a million babies a year. We can't do that. We can't harvest their organs and make money off of them. We can't do that. The USA is on the edge of a cliff. An edge of a cliff. The USA is on the edge of a cliff. We can't even, we can't even stop a Chinese blimp flying over our country, you know? We can't even stop. We can't even decide what we're going to do. It's crazy, right? Uh, we're, we're paralyzed. We've been paralyzed for a couple of years by this virus. People are still terrified, living in fear, under deception from that. The truth is finally coming out, finally coming out. These, these, these mandates, you know, that, that are being exposed by Twitter dumps and everything. It's crazy, shocking, and scary. The, the Project Veritas, which we've been talking about, how they've exposed the Pfizer scam and, and what, they're, what they're up to and all the garbage they're pulling. And what they Project Veritas also exposing Planned Parenthood and what they're doing with these, these, you know, harvesting the babies and making zillions of dollars. It's crazy what's going on. But all this, all this that is happening to our country is preparing us for the great deception. The great deceiver. Instead of a vax, it will be a mark. The mark of the beast. We have to learn from this. I keep warning everybody. Learn from this. No matter what you fell for, no matter what you believed, learn from. We have to learn from our mistakes as a church in America. We can't just close down and cave in and, and do whatever whatever the government tells us to you know, you know, take this and do that. We can't. We can't. We have to learn from this because the world is already being prepared by Satan, the USA is ripe for the great delusion. The Apostle Paul, I'm sorry, the Apostle John said that the spirit of the Antichrist is already here in the world, is already at work in the world, preparing for the way for the ultimate Antichrist. The spirit of the Antichrist is preparing the way for the ultimate Antichrist. And look what we're seeing in the USA already. If we don't, if we can't, if we can't see what's happening in the U.S. already, how we're being prepared for this very thing. I don't know if you've been connect the dots. The, uh, the, the, the satanic temple in New Mexico will soon launch its first reproductive health clinic. Did you follow that story? Launching a health clinic which will provide free religious medication abortion care. You get that? Free, re, free religious medication abortion care. Uh, there's a lot of Christian churches doing this too, by the way. Uh, you know, these mainline churches. And said it hopes to expand operations in other states in the wake of the U.S. Supreme Court overturning Roe versus Wade. So they know that lots of, they know that lots of, uh, uh, States have are outlawing abortion, so they're going to, under the guise of religion, this is their religion. You can't stop. This is their freedom of religion. They're going to start introducing abortion care all throughout the United States. That's their way. The satanic church is trying to do this. And listen to what it says. The organization also has something called the satanic abortion ritual, which includes the process of a person reminding themselves that their body is inviolate, undergoing the abortion and then reciting a personal affirmation. What does that sound like? 
child sacrifice Baal, right? It's, it's unbelievable what is going on. And that's, just, this is not, that's not the only thing. The satanic Idaho church is planning a capital ritual to protest the bill criminalizing sex change surgeries for children. They're, they're, they're having a big rally at the Capitol to protest that they're trying to block children from being mutilated. Right. And it's unbelievable. A proposed bill in Idaho legislature that would criminalize the chemical castration and bodily mutilation of children and teens is being opposed by a group of Satanists. They're having a big rally in Idaho. This is what's going on. And then, of course, you had to see what happened in the Grammys. I mean, it's all over the place. What happened in the Grammys with uh, uh, the devil horn Sam Smith uh, and the hellkeeper Kim Petras did this unholy performance. Um, here, I'll just read you a couple things on this. Uh, the, I hope you didn't watch the Grammys. I mean, you know, anyway, the, the, the music industry's biggest night took an unholy turn Sunday after Kim Petras became the first trans-identified artist to win a Grammy and delivered a dark performance of the hit song. Sam Smith joined Petras for a Hades-inspired performance. Uh, Smith became the first artist who identifies as a non binary to win best pop duo group performance while first time nominee Petrus won the first award for a trans identified artist and it was and it, it was just it was sickening i didn't i just read about it i didn't watch it i don't want to see that garbage but there was it was crazy what um what we're seeing there. And CBS tweeted before this performance did you see what they tweeted? They said we are ready to worship CBS tweeted that before the song, and then after the song, there's no quink, no quinkings. I always say this right after the song, the Pfizer ad came on the Grammys. There, uh, no, no accidents. God has it all worked out there, right? Uh, the, and the world will try to to. The world, the world's trying to do is brainwash us, trying to pressure us into getting on that boat, getting on that boat ride. Get us in the boat. Stay in the boat. And they'll use force if necessary. Get in the boat. Stay in the boat. And if you won't, we'll use force if necessary. I don't know if you saw what happened to that kid in Canada, uh, Michael Higgins. He was a, at a Catholic school, at a Catholic school in Canada. And I tell people all the time, listen, I, I'm thrilled that people are leaving the public schools that are so wicked and woke now. Uh, and a lot of them are going to pro- Christian schools, parochial schools. Listen, check out the Christian school. Check out the parochial school. I've talked to some of my really good Catholic friends, and they said half of the Catholic schools are just as bad as the public schools. They're just as woke. And there's a lot of Christian schools in that same uh, ballpark, and this is a proof of it. But I'm just saying, make sure you're you're picking the right Catholic school. There's some really solid ones. Go to those. But he was arrested for expressing Catholic beliefs. Did you see what happened? Uh, it says, I'll just read a little bit of the article. That Canada is becoming less tolerant comes as no surprise. But even so, a Catholic high school getting one of their 16-year-old students arrested is a bit of a shock especially when at the heart of the issue is his religious beliefs, his Catholic beliefs. Uh, It says here, Josh, a Christian, believes there are only two genders, that people can't switch genders, and that male students shouldn't use girls' washrooms. But expressing those views in a classroom discussion on gender at St. Joseph's High School, Catholic, Catholic High School in Ontario, got him suspended. I said there are only two genders. And you were born either a male or female, and that got me into trouble. And then I said that gender doesn't trump biology. 
Wow. One, freedom once taken for granted is lost, the 11th grade student added. Freedom or religion is probably some of the most, one of the most important freedoms, so I'm not going to surrender it in the face of persecution. Persecution. Matters escalated when Josh was later served with an exclusion order. They kicked him out of school, right? On Monday, when he tried to come back to school, the cops were called and he was arrested. The Catholic, I use that loosely, school kicked him out for saying there's male and female, which is the official teaching of the Catholic Church. Called God, it's great from God's word. And then on top of that, when he tried to come back to school, they had him arrested. Unbelievable. And that's what they'll try to do. They're going to they're gonna try to tell you, get in the boat. Stay in the boat. Use force if necessary. Get on the boat no matter what. And this is a Christian school. Can you imagine what it's like in the public schools, right, in Canada and, and the USA now? Uh, they, they Get on the boat no matter, no matter what or else. I remember uh, when the kids were little. I think we only had like seven or eight kids at the time, and they were little, and we were at the, my parents' farm, and we, uh, I wanted to take them on a canoe ride, a canoe ride, and the only canoe I could find was, it was whole, had a hole in it, it was leaking, and it was freezing, there was ice and snow, and, and, uh, and uh, but I went, took them out on the pond, we didn't have life jackets, but we got on the pond, and we went from the pond into the creek, and, uh, but they, they the girls, you're gonna hear, I'm gonna show a video in just a minute, the girls, especially Megan and Sarah were crying, <laughs> big babies but anyway uh, they, they were crying and I said no get in I made them stay in the boat get in I didn't let them get out I, I want you to have fun like I had on the farm right I want to toughen them up and, uh, and, and they're still traumatized from this so I'm just going to show the video here before I say anymore <laughs> My dad is videotaping. Everybody got laid down forward. Oh, no. 
Okay, you get a picture of it, right? The elk, the, you know, the, the, especially the girls, wanted to get out desperately, even when we were on the pond way back earlier, the deep pond. Uh, they wanted to get out, but I wouldn't let them out, you know? I, I, you know, they're still traumatized. But that's, that's really a picture. We're stuck in this sinking boat with the world, right? We're stuck in this sinking boat, and, and we, we need to get out of the boat. We need to get out of the world's boat. More importantly, even better, don't get into the boat in the first place. Don't get in. They, the world sells this role, selling with the world is a cruise. You know, it's going to be fun, but they're really lies. You know, this is blind leading the blind. Don't listen to what they say. And most of the world is on the Titanic. That's why I entitled this, Are You Sailing on the Titanic? The Titanic was a disaster, and most of the world is headed to a disaster. Wait till we see the next few weeks in, in the book of Acts here. All right, the storm and the shipwreck. <clears throat> and stranded but but i want to encourage us don't go with the majority don't go with the flow don't go with the the what the world's trying to pre- the peer pressure that the world is trying to get us to do you know smoke this drink that believe this act like this the world is constantly trying to peer pressure us are we in the world's boat are you in the world's boat get out before it's too late Get out before it's too late. And this is what this is all a warning, as we're going to see as we go through the rest of Acts here. It's a warning of that. Get out before it's too late. There was a, I remember years ago, there was maybe about 15 years ago now, there was a kid who was on the football team. He was an underclassman, and the, the, the captain of the football team stopped by his house, and I'll never forget this story. And he, he, he comes by the house with a carload of boys, all upperclassmen, and, and this guy was the young up-and-coming, you know, football guy. So they invited him along. I think he was like a sophomore. And they said, come on, get in the car, get in the car. So he gets in the car with them, and they start driving around, and they've got alcohol, and they're all drinking, drinking, driving, drinking, drinking, and they all get really drunk. Uh, and this kid had never really drank before, so he was really drunk. He was, like, throwing up and sick. And, and they, they finally says, let's have some more fun. So they went up to on the, the one lookout place where couples would go to make out the romantic place in this area. And they saw a car up there, and there's a couple, boy and a girl, and they're, you know, making out. And so they come up to it, and they start banging on the car, banging on the car, and scaring this couple. And the guy gets, the, the boy gets out, and he, he says, cut it out, stop it. And they beat him, they attack him, they beat him up, they knock him out. They just brutalize this guy. And then they take the girl, and this was getting dark, it was nighttime now. They grab the girl, and they put a bag over her head, and they pinned her to the ground, and they raped her. They're raping her. These, these football guys are just raping this girl with a, and she's just screaming and, you know, freaking out. And you can imagine. Then they said to the younger guy, now it's your turn. And he didn't want, he was like drunk and thrown up and, you know, did, scared. And but they, they pressured him. They said, you got to rape her too. So he gets down and he starts to rape this girl also. And while he's doing it, finally the girl is trying to get loose and pulls the bag off of her head. It was his sister. His sister. Well, you can imagine what happened to all these young men. But what was that young man's real mistake? He got in the car. He got in the car. If he hadn't gotten in the car, he would have been fine. All everything. He got in the car. And that's what the world tries to do with us. We... we to get in the boat, to get in the car, and it takes us to horrendous places, and we have to get out 
of the world's car. The world is sailing along like the Titanic. It's sailing along toward a shipwreck. It's going to crash. But we have to get out of it, and we have to warn people. We have to warn our family and friends, our family. We've got to warn them. Most won't listen, but that's what we're called to do. We are called to be light in a dark world. Jesus said this very thing in Matthew 5.14. He said, You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. A city and a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men so that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. You are the light of the world. That is what we're called to do. We're called to show the love of Jesus Christ. We're called to, to sh- share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the darker it gets, and it's getting darker by the minute, isn't it? The darker it gets, the brighter that light shines. Let your little light shine, you know, song, right? It, the brighter it shines. And we're also <clears throat> not just called to be a light and, and share the gospel, but we're called to be a prophetic voice also. Very important. We're called to warn people. In Matthew 5.13, it says this. You are, Jesus, just before, he said, you are the salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, what, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You are the salt of the earth. And salt does lots of things. It, it melts you know, the ice. You know, we're supposed to melt, you know, melt the cold hearts. It, it flavors. We're supposed to flavor. But salt here, what I want to focus on is that it slows the rotting. When you put salt on meat, it's, it preserves it. Not forever. Sooner or later, that meat's still going to rot. But it slows it down. It gives you time. It gives you days, weeks, months, uh, a long time to eat that meat. It slows it down, the slowing of the rot. It doesn't stop. It slows it down. But that is what our job is as salt. We are here to... We may not be able to save this country. I think it's probably crossed the line. But we're still called to be salt and light were to slow down the rot. That is our job. Even though most people won't listen, it's still our job to be salt and light. Prophets are usually ignored until it's too late, right? The majority will just keep on sailing with the world toward a cliff. Look at what you just saw happen to the shutdown with COVID. People will lost their minds. And the, USA is, the USA is sailing toward a cliff. We've been in trouble. We're in trouble. I've been preaching this for 30 years. I saw it coming a long, long time ago, but very few people respond. 22 years ago, when we started, we had all that trouble. I said, and, and the, these people were warning what they're going to do to our church and do to all the Christians someday. And I sent out an email. I never forget the hundreds of pastors warning them. You know what they did? The, the, they just rolled their eyes. They said, you're, you're crazy. You're crazy. That will never happen. And now it's all here. Exactly what I said. Because I knew what was going to happen. Our enemies here were warning us what they're going to do to us. And, and, but but, but the, the USA is headed into a storm. First Peter four sixteen and 17 talks about this very thing. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. Now, here we go. For it is time for judgment to begin with the family of God. And if it begins with us, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? It's time for judgment to begin with the family 
of God. And it's already begun with the church. We're seeing that. The church is being divided. The wheat and the weeds are being divided. The wheat from the chaff. The sheep and the goats. God is dividing. And he's going to use Just like this kid in Canada, he's going to use persecution. God is going to use suffering and persecution to expose what's real. He's going to use it to separate the chaff from the real wheat. And it's already happening. It's already happening, but he's going to, that's what God is going to allow to happen. And, and he's, we're already seeing the chaff. We're already starting to see all these fakes, the frauds, the apostates. We're seeing it left and right. But he, we're also seeing the persecution that God is using. In fact, this week, uh, it, it's pretty active already. This week, I don't know if you followed the story, what happened with the FBI. There was a whistleblower who exposed what the FBI was really up to. And now there's lots of whistleblowers coming forward. It's hitting the fan. I don't know if you've been following this but um the federal bureau of investigation rescinded a report on radical traditional catholic ideology they were going after real catholics true catholics that followed god's word they were going after them and it was based uh one day after an fbi whistleblower published the document brought it out it the former fbi agents condemned the document for citing the southern poverty law center it was their source. This is what the FBI is using, the Southern Poverty Law Center, which is a left-wing smear factory infamous for branding uh, conservatives and Christian organizations as hate groups and placing them on a map with a Ku Klux. They've already done this with all kinds of, 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 of Christian groups. They call us hate groups, and they put us on the map with the Ku Klux Klan and all this. This is the Southern, uh, the Southern Poverty Law Center. It's just a wacko, wacko group. But the FBI is using them to go after the true Catholics, the, the faithful Catholics. That's what he's been using them after. And, and, and then they, they right away uh, it says this here. The document says, I'm going to read just this part. In the interest of racially or ethnically motivated violent extremists and radical traditionalist Catholic ideology almost certainly presents new mitigation opportunities. Unclassified for official use only and FBI internal use only do not disseminate externally. You catch that? This is a chance to go after these these religious people, you know, mitigation opportunities. But don't let anybody know about it. Keep it quiet. This is what they're they're doing. It's in it's insanity that they they, they were doing that, and uh, it's it's just in, it's just insanity. And then uh, let's see here the um, the whistleblowers. Uh, there's something else I wanted to bring out here. Label. Uh, oh, oh, here goes the FBI added. Oh. Um, after all this came out, the FBI put something else out to kind of like, you know, spin. They spun it. They said the FBI is committed to sound analytical tradecraft and to investigating and preventing acts of violence and other crimes while upholding the constitutional rights of all Americans. It will never conduct investigation activities or an open investigation based solely on First Amendment protected activities. Right. 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 So I tell my Catholic friends that they catch you speaking Latin, you're in big trouble here. The FBI's going to be coming for you. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, the other the, the one they said, they, they, fundamental protected rights. Oh, really? Did you see the New York Post this morning that the, the, the story of the New York City teachers that refused the vaccination were not only fired, but their fingerprints were sent to the FBI. 
the? Are you kidding me? Sent to the FBI simply for not taking the vaccination. You don't think something, you don't see this coming, putting it all together. It is there. It, it, it's just crazy stuff. It, it's there. And, uh, and, and then, um, and then I was also seeing also this week Nicaragua, I think Ortega is the, the president there. Is that right? Ortega, uh, Daniel Ortega. Anyway, the Nicaragua deports more than 200 political prisoners, including Catholic priests. So what happened is they, they, we, we negotiated the release of these political part prisoners, many of whom were Catholic priests that were, uh, uh, you know, imprisoned by these, this communist dictatorship there, down there, or whatever it is in Nicaragua. It's, it's, it is communist, uh, socialist. But anyway, uh, <clears throat> they, 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 they released them. And listen to what U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken welcomed the freed prisoners, saying, the United States welcomes 222 individuals who have been imprisoned by the government of Nicaragua for exercising their fundamental freedoms and have endured lengthy unjust detentions. Boy, isn't that hypocritical? These poor priests are in for a shock. They're going from the frying pan into the fire. It's no different here in the United States. Now they're going to be arrested as terrorists there, right? It's crazy what we are seeing happen. It's no different here. But listen, it's coming. Open our eyes. It's coming. Persecution will not be fun, but it's a lot better than the alternative. It's a lot better than the alternative, which is uh, judgment. The church is being judged to separate the true from the false and to refine the church. But we know what's going to happen if the outcome for the rest of the world there in, in uh, 1 Peter 4, 17. Is they're going to be judged. Judged. If, you, if, you've, if you've never been, seen the Revelation study that I've done, if you've never seen that study, it's going to be hell on earth and then eternal hellfire. That's where we're headed for the time for judgment to begin with the family of God. It's time for judgment to begin with the family of God. And it begins with us. What will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? It's going to be hell on earth and eternal hell. That's what it's going to be. Are we ready? Are we prepared? Are we living as salt and light? Jesus said you are the salt of the earth you are the light of the world are we living as salt and light to all those we come into contact with listen we're we're not going to probably save the country i i'd be pleasantly surprised if america was ever made great again i'm just hoping we survive uh, we don't know if that's going to happen but our job doesn't matter doesn't matter how bad it is how bad it's rotting how rotten it gets how dark it gets we're called to be salt and light salt and light to everyone we come into contact with. And that's why I want to encourage you to memorize Matthew 5, 13 through 16. At least where Jesus says you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Remember those two lines. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Remember those two lines. Are we ready for the coming storm? Are we growing in our faith in Jesus Christ? Are we living by the power of the Holy Spirit? Just like in the book of Acts. Why did Paul survive all that he went through uh, all the way up to his beheading? It's because of the pow- his faith in Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. He, he was in the Word. He was writing the Word. Now, do we, are we ready to do that? Do we have a biblical worldview? Does everything that we hear and, and think about go through God's Word? We have to learn to ignore the world's experts. The world's experts. We have to take a stand against the world. We can't trust them. Are our eyes open? 
Are our eyes open? Are we sensitive to the biblical signs that, that we, we see happening all over the place? This last week, there was earthquakes, right? There were earthquakes and tremors. Um, the, 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 Turkey, the earthquake in Turkey, which was just so sad to see what happened. But that earthquake, actually, my parents actually got the aftershocks in Buffalo. They felt it. And it was all from the, the earthquake in Turkey reached Buffalo. It's crazy. Uh, 3.8 in Buffalo. Uh, and, but that's a prophetic picture. The, what's going on in the Middle East? Don't forget the seven churches of Revelation were all in Turkey. Every one of them. They're all gone now. The seven churches, remember what, how all the warnings they got? But those seven churches were in Turkey. But that's what happens in the Middle East, what happens in Israel, we know in the book of Revelation is going to hit us. It's going to hit the entire world. The tremors, the aftershocks, the earthquakes, the, the spiritual things are going to shake us all. Are we, are we ready for that? Are we watching for that? Uh, I was just was talking, uh, been in communication with the fest. Especially Georgie was filling me in. Dan and Jen were in uh, taking a cruise uh, around the uh, around the Middle East there, and they were just off. They were just got to Greece when the the earthquake hit Turkey. They were right off the off of Greece there, and they were concerned because what comes about after there's a big earthquake? What often happens is a tsunami so they were like nervous watching waiting for a tsunami here they're on this cruise ship right going through all these areas they went to israel it was really they had an awesome time they went to israel and everything but can you imagine them waiting for a tsunami but that's what is coming to us and we have to be watching for those earthquakes and the tremors and the tsunamis we have to be ready spiritually i'm talking about spiritually in the word in the Bible studies, memorizing the word, getting ready. And if you are not a Christian yet, you are not ready. You're, you are still uh, you're on the boat. You're a, a, a zombie. You're a prisoner of war. You know, you, you're completely at the mercy of, of the world and sin and Satan and, and death. You're, and you're, you're, that's where you are. But, but you can take the the step of faith, putting your faith in Jesus Christ, receive the Holy Spirit, have your eyes open, have your heart open, and, and, and have a, a whole new life. It won't be an easy life, but it won't be till we get to heaven, but, but you're going to be able to survive this spiritually. If you put your faith in Jesus Christ, just like Paul, survives the storms, the shipwreck, the stranding. Oh, wait till you see the things he survived. A snake bite. He's going to survive it all because of the power of the Holy Spirit in his life. And that's what we can have, that same power, if you put your faith in Jesus Christ. John 3.16 says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Have you ever put your faith in Jesus Christ? Let's pray. As we go this time of prayer, wherever you are, wherever you're watching this, listening to this, whenever you're hearing this, watching this, have you put your faith in Jesus Christ? Have you received his Holy Spirit? Or are you a spiritual zombie in slavery 
to the world, to sin, to death, to Satan. You can be free right now. At this very moment, by putting your faith in Jesus Christ. You may be doing that in your heart right now. Putting your faith in Jesus. His death on the cross for you. His resurrection from the dead to give you a new life. You might be doing that right now in your heart. And I always encourage people to, to pray a prayer of faith just to put an exclamation point on that. It's happening in your heart. But, but a prayer of faith just makes sure of it. Puts an exclamation on it. Just pray, God, I don't want the sin. I don't want the garbage. I don't want the world anymore. I walk away. I repent of my old life. I'm getting out of that boat. Just like Peter walked on the water, I'm going to follow you, Jesus, across the water. I put my faith in you, Jesus. Your death on that cross for my sin, to forgive me, I put my faith in you. I put my faith in your resurrection from the dead for me, to give me a new life. Put my faith in you, Jesus. I give my life to you. If you have prayed that prayer of faith, put your faith in Jesus today. Then something incredible has happened to you. The Holy Spirit is actually in you now, has come into you and made you a brand new person, a new creation in Christ. The old is gone, the new has come. You are a spiritual zombie, but you have been completely transformed with a brand new life in Jesus Christ. You have been set free and your eyes are going to be open to God's word in a way you never thought possible. Your eyes are going to be open to what's going on in the world and the lies of the world versus the truth of Jesus Christ. You're going to be shocked at what you can see now. I want to encourage you, if you put your faith in Jesus, to tell somebody today. Maybe you have a family member or friend that has been witnessing or sharing with you, praying for you. Maybe you have somebody at work or school. Let them know so that we can be excited. And if you don't have anybody to tell, then tell me. Send me an email, nhcc at comcast.net. Let me know because we will be excited for you and, 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 and be, encourage you and help you to grow in your new faith. For those of us who are already Christians, how is the Holy Spirit speaking to us? Maybe we've been tempted to get on the boat or we have got a one toe in the boat and one toe out of the boat. And today our prayer is, God, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to stop listening to the world's lies. I'm going to kill that alligator. 
whatever it takes, I want to live free. Maybe you've given up. It's so dark and so discouraging, and you've just said, what's the point? But you know today that our job is not done. Your job is not done. Wherever God has you, he's called you to be salt and light. Salt and light. Would your prayer be, God, please use me to touch all those around me. Father, we pray that your Holy Spirit would complete this in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.